It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. What is going on everybody? My name is Cotter Otter. Welcome to a very special Movie Mondays episode of the Heroes for Hire podcast. I am joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? Do you know what, Connor? I'm grand. I'm yeah. doing well. Good, good. How um, are we you? Are curr- <laughs> we are currently both in quarantine, so we are doing this over the phone. Yeah, we're just... Look, if, if, if you don't know already... There, there's something real shit going around. <laughs> exactly. So what we decided to do was because of the real shit thing, um, there would be very little movie news this week. Correct the mundo? Correct the yes. mundo indeed, Sean. Most, most of the news <laughs> is, oh, this is cancelled. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it would be quite sad to have a whole week of all your favourite movies are cancelled. <laughs> And there's nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. So what we would decide to do was we do a little thing on our Patreon called The Lazarus Pit, where we go back to watch an old movie, uh, a superhero-based movie, and we give a review in retrospect to see if it still holds up or if it's still shit. Now, during the Patreon, we have done Batman Begins and we have great. done Spider-Man 2. Also great. So you, we were talking and I was kind of thinking along the lines of you don't really want to go into... Uh, the ba- the Nolan verse again, and you don't really want to go into the Tobey Maguire Spider Man or anything based in Spider Man. Um, yeah, so we thought, like, what's what's a film that's just a nothing superhero film <laughs> has no basis in anything really, and no one really cared about. <laughs> and so, I think it came down to I gave you the choice of Fan Four Stick or Suicide Squad. Yeah, and, <laughs> and no, like. My whole rationale was that we had just done a Marvel one on Patreon. Mm. So let's go back to DC. You're dead right. And I, to be honest with you, I'm kind of scared of tackling Fan Stick. So we're here with Suicide Squad. This Fan is our very is, special. It's so big of a mess. Yeah. Suicide Squad is also a mess, but it has some positives. Yeah, there are some like diamonds in the very, very rough here. Yes. Um, and so... 
If anyone doesn't know, <laughs> Suicide Squad was a movie released in 2016, Sean. Remember t- the time when we could go outside? A simpler time. A simpler time. <laughs> but when I went to the cinema, I kind of thought, I wish I was at home. <laughs> but what did you do? Um, I would give a- anything to just be at home right now. <laughs> So oh no! It's, it's written and directed by David Ayer, uh, a man who very famously at the press screening, or um, not the press screening, yeah, the press screening, or the opening night, he said, yeah. fuck Marvel, real loud. and he Real was confident. Like, real confident. That was before everyone had seen the movie, and he's like, yeah, fuck Marvel, we're a class. Yeah, everyone's going to love this. This is the new <laughs> Avengers, but we didn't have to set anybody up. And this is after Batman vs Superman, so this is their big comeback. They'd put yeah. up Batman vs Superman to now. Some people like Batman vs Superman. Some people don't like it. What we can say though is that Suicide Squad was here to save the DCEU. Absolutely, this was, if you will, the Snyder Cut of the DCEU. Now, do you want to get into all the behind the scenes before? Or after we cover the movie. Because we're going to go through the plot. Because it's a movie that I have seen once. And you've seen once. And I had to rewatch yes. for this. Yes. <laughs> so. uh, not exactly what I wanted to do with my day. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I think we should look the behind the scenes. Maybe in like retrospect of our thoughts about it. Okay. If you get me so, to do it at the end. And just be like. Oh this is why this happened. Yeah okay. Okay. So um, it is a movie that was made on a $175 million budget. And it made $750 million. So technically a success. Technically it's at a lot more money than um, Birds of Prey. Which I would say is a much better film. I would agree. That is yeah. like. Uh, just as a piece of cinema. Birds of Prey is a better one. But this is when people still had hope for the DCEU. Yeah, this was like... 2016 was a weird year, because it was peak of, like, everyone has to have a shared universe. Yeah, and so we I, had Batman vs. Superman... This movie stopped a lot of that. Batman vs. Superman and Civil War came out back-to-back. And then oh, this yeah. came out in August. Wasn't there a thing? Wasn't um, Batman vs. Superman and Civil War, they were meant to come out on the same day? Yes, um, and you know what was hilarious was I remember listening to a podcast in like 2013 when they announced that they were going to be on the same day. Yeah. And um, what happened was Batman vs Superman announced that they were coming out February whatever, and Captain America was getting a third film, and then it came out that the MCU were having the balls to go up against Batman vs Superman because in 2014 yeah. everybody looked at that like. That's why would you ever go near that? Like, exactly. They, <laughs> like this was a this was a new Batman as well. Like you, we hadn't. You can't seen this go Batman. wrong. You can't like, go wrong because they were coming off the juggernaut that was the Nolan verse. It was like, oh, Batman just sells movies. That's what he does. And you have Batman versus Superman, and everyone's kind of like, and they don't even have Spider Man. So like, this is coming up against Batman and Superman, same movie. Oh, poor Marvel, they're going to get killed. And then it came, it kind of changed into, wow, they must be confident in Captain America Civil War to kind of put up against it. They must be really yeah. confident about it. And then, like, the first TV spot dropped with Spider-Man coming in, and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, it's fascinating to go back and just, like, see how the mindset changes. So even just bringing that into the Suicide Squad is that the trailers, the, everybody was very into this movie going in. Um, yeah, it had a lot working for it. It had Queen. And it, 
and it came off the back of we're going to get to the music but it came off the back of Guardians of the Galaxy and so DC wanted Suicide Squad to be their Guardians and to the point of now the guy who directed Guardians is directing the Suicide Squad (laughs) which I think is actually a much better way to do it than just kind of change it after you fill up the scenes yeah and just like trying to copy but not copying uh, okay, so I think we should get into the plot. Um, we'll get into all the backstage stuff in as we go through it, I suppose. But yeah, that sounds great. Um, which one of Deadshot's intros do you want to start with? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> there's about four. But I think the first one is Will Smith being all jacked, punching the wall. Yeah, and good and Will Harley Smith. hanging upside down. Yeah, and they're like the the. the the two leads in this really aren't they yes they kind of drive the whole plot it's them and amanda waller really and slipknot and <laughs> look we're gonna have a 45 minute discussion on slipknot at some stage <laughs> during this so let's just keep that in mind and then we'll just sum up the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah the rest of it's grand but slipknot wow adam See, beach really brought slipknot to life <laughs> like the the, the the start of this movie is Amanda Waller like listing uh listing criminals that she wants to work for the government. Ah ah see, you think that. But the first intro is straight to Bell Rev and Harley Quinn and Deadshot, and that's their first introduction. And then you get to Amanda Waller and then she's introducing them again. Right? But the <laughs> first int- the first intro is the them going through Deadshot uh, getting arrested and Harley and Joker and that stuff and yeah. then Amanda Waller comes back into getting the team together and describing and then you have the the writing beside them yes yeah you're right okay I'm back on board uh, so you have Deadshot getting arrested by oh also every time somebody is introduced there is a music change the soundtrack just changes. How much money do you think they spend on music? I was going to say, because between that and the cast, like, yes. <laughs> that's most of your budget, surely. So, I have a list of the songs used, and I have about 12 of them here. At least 8 of them are used in the first 40 minutes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, we have House of the Rising Sun by The Animals, You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore, Sympathy for the Devil, The Rolling Stones, Super Freak, Rick James, Dirty Deeds Done Cheap, ACDC, Black Skinhead by Kanye West, Paranoid by Black Sabbath, Seven Nation Army by The White Stripes, Without Me by Eminem, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, Heedens by The 21 Pilots, uh, The Classics, and Sucker yeah. for Pain by Lil Wayne <laughs> and Wiz Khalifa. Like- that's such a broad, like, <laughs> musical choice. They just clicked Spotify, and they just clicked random. Yeah, there was Spotify Radio, and just yeah. Do you, um, also just just a weird fact? Uh, do you know in Sympathy for the Devil there is one hundred and twenty four woo woos? Oh, good. <laughs> Which you know, two hundred ninety six individual woos. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That is Ric Flair's favourite song. Not many people know that, but it is. Oh, sorry, because there's a character called Ric Flag in this, and I thought you were kidding. Uh, No, no, Ric Flair, the wrestler who just says The wrestler Ric Flair. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you have Deadshot getting arrested. This is our first scene of the Batman in this, Ben Affleck. The Ben Affleck Um, Batman. Um, Good chase. 
No, I'm thinking it's, of the other one. Sorry. No, you're, you're thinking of the other one. Yeah. <laughs> but you have uh, Deadshot getting arrested with his daughter because he loves his daughter. And it's do their first introduction to Big Willie and his daughter. And his daughter. But do you think Batman would, like, uh, say comic Batman, would he arrest a man in front of his daughter? Um, No. I don't think so. There's a specific Batman the Animated Series episode about that where Robin oh, is really? like, you're doing. We're, it's called um, it's not Over the Edge it's the one where Robin quits but Over Batman, the Hedge Over, over the Hedge yeah, of course everyone's favourite animated movie from 2007 Over yeah. the Hedge but um, I think there's an episode where Batman like goes to arrest a guy in front of his family and Robin's like this isn't right man this is his daughter's looking at you like what the fuck you doing and then it comes back around later on that Bruce Wayne hires that guy after he gets out of jail and puts him in as like um, one of his security guys when he gets oh. out and like gives him a job so at the time you're like oh Batman's a dickhead but it kind of comes back around but I don't think this Batman is going to rehire that man I think he's just going to shoot him I don't yes I think if there's one thing <laughs> we know about him he loves guns <laughs> he loves guns so you have Deadshot getting arrested you have Harley and Joker now do you want to talk about Joker now or do you want to talk about him later on look I think We've seen a lot of interpretations of Joker over the years, and I don't want to mm. say this one's the best. <laughs> but well, don't I, please don't. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, yeah, this is a he's fucking de- weird Joker. He's definitely doing something. He's definitely there. He's he, definitely mm. like I don't know. Is it, I, I like the purple Lamborghini. Mm. I think that's yeah. a very crime bossy Joker kind of thing. But like, is it though? Because I, uh, does Joker care about Lamborghinis? No, but I think that this version of Joker does. Yeah, okay. If, if you like, if you tell me he's a he's a gang lord, okay, fair enough. He's, yeah, you could replace Joker in this movie with any generic gangster, and it doesn't make a goddamn difference. Yeah, um, but you have uh, him and Harley at the club, and then you see Joker. Um, her and him and Harley moving, getting away in the car, and yeah. Batman. Batman jumps into the sea to get them, or into the river, and she like pretends to be knocked out until she tries to slice them. Which I mean, fair play to her, good lung classic, control, but like classic her move. <laughs> classic her move. <laughs> to be fair, and um, you have the ha- Harley getting arrested, and then you have the introduction of Captain Boomerang. Now. Sean, yeah. Captain Boomerang. Uh, this is our introduction to also Ezra Miller's The Flash. Yeah, this, like, uh, until re-watching it, I forgot that he was in this at all. And this is yeah. the best we've ever seen Ezra Miller's The Flash. <laughs> he's very quiet. <laughs> he's very, very quiet. He doesn't do much and he's quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you have The Flash, he arrests Captain Boomerang, Jai Courtney, what a guy. Um, and so... Then you have Amanda Waller back to eating steak. Amanda Waller, she then says, you know what I need to do to you guys? I'll reintroduce the team. (laughs) And so they go through it again. Just in case anyone forgot here, here's who the main cast of this film is. The first 34 minutes are intros, I think. Yeah. I think that was a fact. Would you rather that or an individual origin movie for each and then they do Suicide Squad? I would have rathered that they, the intros that they had for Deadshot and Harley would yeah. just be their intros for the characters. 
No, because you need to introduce them all at once. <laughs> so I'm saying cut the first 15 minutes and just have Amanda Waller introducing us as the opening scene. You know what? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, as, as evidenced, uh, that's what I thought happened. <laughs> yeah, because in your head, that's how, how a plot would work. That's how movie storytelling would work. Like, you would introduce the whole team at once, not introduce Harley and Deadshot and Boomerang and then reintroduce them all. Yeah, and it's kind of like what Birds of Prey did, in that they would get so far and then go introduce, like, the backstory of the characters. And I think it can be quite clunky. You can do that seamlessly, but I think here, if they wanted to do the fancy writing... I think you can do that. Or if they wanted to do no fancy writing and just have us be introduced to Deadshot and whatever that way, you can do that either. You can't do both. No, but I also think that most of them you could explain on the way, you know? <laughs> Slipknot. <laughs> Slipknot doesn't need... Katana! We introduced her later on. That's true, and she just introduced along the way and it's seamless. It doesn't break the mood at all. Yeah, look, this is this is clunky. Clunky is the word I would use. But this whole film so, is clunk. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not great. So um, you also have Amanda Waller introducing all, as I said, all the Rick Flag, and you've got uh, El Diablo and Killer Croc. Um, but she also introduces her special weapon, and the special weapon, Sean, is June Moon, Enchantress. Enchantress, yes. Now, mm. cl- uh, uh, like. Okay, I hate the name June Moon, first of all. Is that oh, from awesome. the comics? Yes. Okay, I hate it. It's terrible. Um, and secondly, the, 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 it's weird that everyone just goes with this, right? Do you know what to do the biggest plot hole in this whole movie? Why the fuck does um, June Moon, who is meant to be an expert in her field... Um, why does she find an artifact and then immediately break the top off said artifact? Like, I don't know. Would that not ruin the value of the artifact or whatever you fucking find? Yeah, and as a as an archaeologist, mm. surely protecting the past is what you're all about. You don't even see that in Bargain Hunt. The boys don't go up to the attic and find some. and go, Jay's a bear, rip this in two. <laughs> Get some value out of it. Ah, the, the, the priceless ceramics. Fetch the sledgehammer. <laughs> like, and she gets taken over by this evil ghost. It's a whole thing. But like, um, I, I feel like we kind of, we flew through the intros, but I think we'll come back to it later on. So that's why. Yeah, there's enough room to talk about all the, all the, yeah. all the cast here. Um, I wanted to bring up they wouldn't put like uh, Dr. June Moon and Rick Flagg they're in a relationship I don't think they would put them on the same mission (laughs) her plan plan was that she was going to get June Moon is taken over by the Enchantress and then her plan was to get Rick Flagg involved is to make him fall in love with Cara Delevingne when she's not the Enchantress but she has the ability to turn into the Enchantress at will. Yeah. Mm, That's the long game. (laughs) It's the very same as the Joker in the Dark Knight with the two boats. Exactly. He had had plans on plans. Plans on plans on plans. But I also think that she's just 
taken for granted that she can control a witch. Yes. Like, who has she, more power has than a regular human would ever have. Where she has her heart. Fi- where did they even find Enchantress? Like, Ench- Enchantress could just take over the world before she even comes into contact with Amanda Waller. Like, it's never explained how Amanda Waller has dominion over her or found her heart. Yeah. Unless it was <laughs> one of the few things that Dr. June Moon didn't destroy. <laughs> she just, she's mad for breaking shit. Yeah, she's she's just like an archaeologist, but for criminal damage. <laughs> she's really bad at her job. Like she's failed all through college. They were just like literally just brush the fucking dirt off the artifact and leave it. Just walk away. You've, you've done down. your job. <laughs> but for God's sake, <laughs> Jesus, June. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Um, and then we come to the main question that all this movie is based off. What would they do if Superman grabbed the present? What if what would happen if Superman went crazy, Sean? They needed a special ops team. Somebody they could send in to stop Superman, the most powerful being in the world. But, but Superman's the dead. Present. He is dead in this timeline, yes. But their idea is that what happens if another alien comes along? And he's oh, bad. Oh, I see. Mm, mm. Uh, what if there's some kind of man bat? <laughs> <laughs> just spitballing ideas here guys <laughs> you threw as much ideas into this as anyone else what if there was some sort of man bet <laughs> like mm? I, I I get the like the fear uh, and I, th- I think that that kind of fear was handled better in Civil War mm. I don't think this wouldn't be, this task force X as they're calling it at the minute I don't think that would be my first instinct. <laughs> okay, well, the only a comparison I can make is we've seen the whole Justice League, including Flash and Wonder Woman, get the shit kicked out of them by yeah. Superbad, this Superbad, in the very next film after this. So Yeah, so you inst- think that a man a who's a crocodile... A, <laughs> uh, a man who can climb... <laughs> Anything. Anything, sorry. <laughs> And like a dead uh, shot who's a good shot. Yeah, who is a man with a gun. I get he's very good with the gun. But, but he's, a he's man shooting a man who is bulletproof. Yes, and a tired Australian stereotype. <laughs> yeah. So you have you have the Flash and Wonder Woman and Batman and Aquaman get the absolute shit out of them. But Harley Quinn is gonna rock up and Katana with her sword. And Jesus, Superman is going to be shaking in his boots. He's going he to fly gonna... all the way back to his exploded planet. <laughs> he's, he's going to drop the president right then and there. You know what? You're That's right, it. Deadshot. You have Fair that play, big lads. gun. And you know, I'm very prone to getting hurt by metal bullets. Okay. He's famously bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen him be bulletproof. Brendan Rowe got shot in his eye. That was no big selling point for that movie. That was in the trailer. <laughs> Look, they wanted the Suicide Squad, but there's so many better ways you could set the Suicide Squad up. Like we, we like the Suicide Squad. It's not the Suicide Squad as a as a whole that's the issue. It's how they get there. They wrote themselves into just like this weird situation. Yeah, where they were like this because the Suicide Squad are just a black ops team that take suicide missions. They're not yeah. set up to fight Superman. They don't have to be. 
No, like, never in the comics would it ever come up that the Suicide Squad would fight Superman. Now, you could throw them into, if you needed to get somebody out, and you didn't really care, it was like a very dangerous mission, and the idea is that, well, if Harley Quinn dies, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Nobody's nobody's gonna miss her, let's throw her into the team, it'll be grand. But if Superman has the president, then the whole world is at stake, then you definitely don't throw the people in... That you were like, well, if they die, it's grand. Because if they die, then the the world ends. <laughs> yeah, like if Superman is kidnapping the president, you have bigger like shit on your hands. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Suicide Squad can work as as a whole, but you need them on the right mission. And stopping superpowered beings is not really their thing. No, it's and it shouldn't be. It, it, no. It, 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 this shouldn't be the premise of the movie. Like, if you had the Suicide Squad, but you went for, like, a more Winter Soldier vibe. Yeah, like, a, as a, like, an actual, like, a spy movie kind of a deal. Well, like, I suppose you would want to keep the comedy, but if you kept, like, a comedic, a comedic movie, but the idea was that they're trying to infiltrate a base or get somebody out that's important, not Amanda Waller in a fucking zombie horde. I mean, like... Yeah, somebody, and we'll get some, to that. Some, somebody, a valuable member that... But nobody else... They can't get anyone else to do the mission because it's like, oh, fucking... It's a 6% chance out of 100 that you're going to get out of our life. Yeah, like, I don't know. Fucking Commissioner Gordon is trapped or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, but, like, it can't be superpowered aliens just as a start, a big blue per- portal in the sky. Yeah, like it's not it's not the way to do it. But it, like um, this movie gets weirder than that even. Th- but this scene actually has a really good bit with um the cool imagery of Enchantress's hand get like taking over uh Carrie Delevingne. I really like that shot. I think it's a really nice shot. Yeah, that's good. And I feel like that's the entire basis for that plot line. I think yeah, I think they came up with that shot and then came up with the plot. A fur enchantress. Yeah. <laughs> Which, look, if that's the way it happened, fair enough. Fair enough. It is, um, it is a cool effect. Yes. So then they start putting the team together, and this is where we get Deadshot being brought out, and they're kind of like, we need you to join this team, because you're the best. Around the best. Big Willy. Here's a load of guns. Here's a good load of guns. He's like, these aren't loaded. He's like, they are loaded. And then you see... Big Willy shooting all of, um, I was going to say mannequins, they're not mannequins, just like the targets, shooting yeah. all straight between the eyes. And he's he's very good with a gun, we see. That's that's a classic example of show, don't tell, Connor. But <laughs> but Big Willy does a lot of talk in Jordan that scene, being classic Will. Be, yeah, just being Will Smith and being <laughs> yeah. quite a charming, friendly man. Yeah. And never once are you like, oh, you're, a, oh, you're an assassin for hire. Oh, yeah, you God. you kill people for money. <laughs> no. He's just he's just lovely Will Smith, who's a lovely man. And like, okay, Deadshot mightn't have killed everyone there because he wasn't being paid to, but they yes. still wouldn't give him the guns, would they? I don't think so. I don't it's the leaps so. in logic I can't deal with. Um, but they had to have the big scene where they're all coming together, so. That's a classic scene. But so you show them going around to El Diablo and he's like, fuck off. Like, I'm not coming out. Yeah. I like El Diablo in this film, by the way. El Diablo's the only good human, which is weird because he did the worst thing. 
Exactly, but in many ways, that's what makes him the most likable. Yeah, because he kind of, he made a mistake, and he's just like, "Yeah, I fucked up. I'm, I'm yeah. a dickhead." He's owning it. He's not trying to like lean into the bad guy. Yeah, um, and this is the best scene. This is where I really wanted to get into. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, we have a news segment based after him. But <laughs> there's there's a shot just after this where they get all the team and they're going around trying to get people in, and you cut back to Joker and he's surrounded by knives in a big circle. It's so edgy shot. It's really so, really good. Um, are those knives permanently set up? See, that was, I was actually going to ask you: Did he set up all that because he knew that's where the camera was, or what was the what was the setting up of that scene for Joker, the Madman? I like because it's not exactly classic. Like Joker would have just knives everywhere if he was to have knives li- left lying around. They wouldn't be neatly arranged in no, no, in a pattern. neatly arranged for the shot. Yeah, like, but he doesn't know he's in a film. <laughs> And if he does, that's a whole other level of this that I didn't that's think That's pretty about. good. I, see, I was reading between the lines. He deadpooled this. I think Jared, Jared Leto... Jared Leto realised that Joker was Deadpool. And nobody else did. So he's kind of just setting all this up. I think we need to talk about Jared because um, we've heard a lot of stories, Sean, of what he did behind the scenes. Um, and I'm yeah. really glad that he ruined all of these people's lives for a 10-minute cameo. Um, and yeah, like apparently there was a lot more Jared in this movie that just got cut out. Yes, and he was very mad about that. And I don't want to see Jared mad because if he likes you and he sends you use condoms at a dead pig, I don't know what he wants to do with his enemies. Exactly. And um, he, it's it's not, look. We I think we can all agree it's not the best version of the Joker we've ever seen. It's. Mm. It's not even like it, it feels like it's trying to be a modern Joker, but the modern Joker in the comics is quite he's he's quite together in terms of like his mental state. Do you know what actually did it for me was I actually didn't even care that he was a gangster or that they're like being really obvious. The only thing that really kicked me off was the damage on his forehead, and that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, because <laughs> the Joker doesn't think there's anything wrong with him. No, like, I would even accept if he had fucking sleeve tattoos of skulls up and down his arms. I don't really care. But damaged on his forehead, I don't know who came up with that idea. But, like, they should be fired. Like, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) No, and I'm fine with him having, like... Again, yeah, like, I think the tattoos are fine. I think they're... They don't make or break it. Yeah, if he's modern and he's a gangster and he's a fucking drug runner, fair play. Go do whatever you want with the look. But the damage on his forehead, even for a character that's meant to be like some gang lord, that's just, it's not fashionable. <laughs> it's just dumb looking. Yeah, no one would take him seriously with that on it. <laughs> no, it's like your friend from college who got like a Chinese symbol for freedom under arm. <laughs> like, it's like, all right, man. <laughs> All right, yeah, we get you. You're 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 edgy and cool. <laughs> I bet you're really cool. Anyone who has damaged on their forehead is not edgy. Like just- as, as an example in this movie, like Diablo has face tattoos, but they go into like telling us about his character. Yes. The the they don't, the Joker's they don't say tattoo. If, if, go ahead. I was going to say the jo- the tattoos for El Diablo don't say Fireboy on each cheek. So it doesn't actually tell us his character traits and motivations. 
Yeah, like it, they don't say I killed my family and I feel bad about it. <laughs> Just really long. <laughs> His chest tattoo goes the whole way around the back. Yeah, and then like vertically down his leg and shit like that. I killed my family. I'm really, really sorry. I feel really bad about it. Oh man, I feel so bad. Oh damn. Oh, oh I'll never do that again. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have Joker. He's surrounded by knives and he's very edgy. And he's like, I'm getting Harley back. Harley's coming home with me. She's on this mission. Well, look, we're going to get her out ourselves. Yeah, and. I, I buy that as the Joker because it's fucked but the Joker treats Harley like his property yeah and it, it's like you stole from the Joker yeah and that's that's okay I'm I'm not against that as a kind of character motivation for him that Harley Harley's in jail and he's mad that she's not in Arkham Asylum she's in Bel Rev and he can't get to her yeah yeah so I like I think that's a fight that, that's a grand motivation I think the Joker was overhyped going into this movie. Yes. So you have the Rick Flag Enchantress scene there where they're in the hotel room and she in her sleep says Enchantress and then she turns into Enchantress and then she goes to a bathroom in some sort of public area and turns a dude into Incubus, I think his name is. Um, okay. he's, he's her brother, apparently. In Just... Look, if that made no sense to you, like, that's what the scriptwriters wrote. (laughs) That's fair. Um, Now, she cracks that dude's face into a mirror from inside the mirror. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty Um, good. If you had the power to turn into an evil demon just by Mm. saying the word enchantress, you would probably just wear, like, I don't know, something to muffle your speech when you go to sleep. Yeah. Hmm. But see, the, the idea would be, in her sleep, could she ever just mutter it? But, like, when would that come up? <laughs> I would just take every precaution. If I had a word that would kill me if I said it, I would just maybe make sure I was always in control of what I said. Just really hit yourself hard on the head every day before you go to bed. Concussion, or drink yourself into a slumber, or something. Oh, Jesus, now. <laughs> speaking my language, Connor. <laughs> I bit of the sup. <laughs> oh, he's getting it. <laughs> um, so she turns into Enchantress, picks a random dude in a suit in a public bathroom, and is like, "You, you're my new brother." Which look, you're my family now. <laughs> you're my big fam, and then she joined the Fast and the Furious franchise. So, um, so then you have she turns into obviously Enchantress. She goes off. Carol yeah. Levine, she's out. June Moon, no more. Okay, no more June Moon. So she starts taking over the place, and they're like, "We need a team, right?" I'm glad we're getting this team together because now she has a blue beam in the sky, and she's got a big army of faceless clay things. Are they made of dirt? Yeah. Are they made of clay? They're like, yeah, they're like a weird mud flesh hybrid. They're mm. just they're they're like they're they're worse than like nameless aliens. The ch- that, the ch- they're literally chitari? nothing. The Chitari, yeah, like they're literally nothing. Yeah, they don't even have faces, so, like, who cares? Yeah. Um, I just, I, I think there's... It, 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 was, it was that time of just mindless horde. That was the yeah. trend in movies. Blue beam in the sky, mindless horde. That yeah. was the, that's the go-to. But, um, so, you have this big army shot, and you've got this blue beam, the classic duo. How do you fight against that? Well, 
you have a gearing up montage <gasps> of all the team coming together. A ragtag group. A ragtag group of team. And that, that's actually a quite a nice scene where Harley's like, um, the voices in my head don't tell me to kill you. Or no, they're all telling me to kill you. And then she giggles. She's, that's not what they said. Yeah. That's a joke for Harley. Yeah, it wasn't in the trailer, or it was in the trailer, so that kind of ruined it, but, like, what can you do? Um, yeah, look, um, I like Captain Boomerang being brought in just, like, and he's already swinging the second he's, like, let loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I think, now, this might be a bold call, but I think Jai Courtney's actually pretty good in this movie, right? Yeah, right. Now, but I think Boomerang is, like, really bad, but Jai Courtney, for about the four lines that he gets plays him fairly decently which is big because I don't think Jai Courtney's a very charismatic man but I'd like I, I could see you as Boomerang in a longer or maybe a better movie is he in the next one is he in the Suicide um, Squad I actually don't know that to be honest with you um, yeah, I think he might be something is telling me he is I hope he is because I think I would like to see him written in a good movie that's it, yeah. I'd like Jay Courtney to be in any good movie. <laughs> he just needs one. <laughs> He's having a poor time of it. Um, but yeah, you, like Jay Courtney, and he has his dumb accent, and he's just he's the most Australian man that's ever lived. But the problem with him is he throws no boomerangs, and that could be an issue. It's true. Like he likes to use them as knives a lot, but some would say, yeah. why not just use knives? And in this in this uh, scene, you actually have the introduction to the to the real hero of the film. Um, so you have uh, Harley, you've got Deadshot, you've got Captain yeah. Boomerang, but one man drives up in a truck, and he gets out, and they're like, this everyone is your new partner. Everyone knows who he is. They, every, look, I don't even just say this, but everyone knows, right? They see the luscious hair of Adam Beach, and they're like, oh, my God, there this he is. is him. There's, <laughs> there's the man that's going to stop Superman grabbing the president. There he is. We don't even need anybody else. He'll this. climb to the challenge. <laughs> It's not even said in shot. The when he says he he can climb anything, it's like fucking the shot is on him. But it's clearly they brought um, Joel Kinnaman in afterwards, and they're like, just fucking introduce him. Uh, he's just a man who can climb anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Slipknot is here, Sean. How excited did you get when you seen Slipknot again? I was more excited for Slipknot than I was for Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> Cap can take that fucking hammer all he wants, oh, but he will never replace, never replace Slipknot and his. Gl- I really think this is going to be his time. I think this movie is going to be the one where he comes in big. I and I can't wait for the Slipknot sequel film that I'm sure is coming. It's weird now that I've they're having a se- sequel and a prequel concurrently at the same time, so they're working on both productions. I mean, look, it's like Batman; you just print money with Slipknot. You're dead right. And so you're showing him how he got to that place. How do you learn to climb anything? I think you, anyone can learn to climb anything. <laughs> just, just climb enough things and then you'll be like, I can climb anything. There are people who are just professional climbers. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he was just good at rock climbing. Tom Cruise at the start of Mission Impossible 2, he could be Slipknot. That would be a good, like, who would win in a fight is, like, Slipknot versus Tom Cruise. Oh, I, I think... Oh, Real-life Tom Cruise would lizard-man his way out of that fight, and he'd win. That is true. He's wily, and he doesn't care about his body. <laughs> well, when, you're, when your bones are basically lizard form, you can do whatever you want. It doesn't Absolutely matter. Absolutely, you can. Um, and then, so, is there anyone else on the team, Connor? 
So you have obviously like with Slipknot, we know they've already got the ace in the hole. Like we're set. That, yeah. that army's never going to last against Slipknot, the man who can climb anything in a ground war. But <laughs> not, you, not a hope. Do you know what we need? We need somebody who's good, who'd be good, who's actually, you know what, what's sad about this is this character's actually quite a fun comic book character. Done very well sometimes. Was in Arrow. Was actually done quite well in Arrow. Done well in three. Arrow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, that was a good season. One of the ones now, I watched. But Rick Flagg says... I have one more person in this team to keep you all in check, guys. And then he says the famous line, Sean, can you remember it word for word? Um, I, now, I believe he speaks it in perfect Japanese. <laughs> so it's quite it's quite hard for me to, you know, to, to, to replicate. But yeah. I think the rough translation is that this is Katana. Mm. Uh, her sword traps the souls of her enemies <laughs> and she's got my back. Three lines, but enough characterization that you could throw a book at it. That's fine. That's the script. You're done. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. That was literally what they wrote under Katana's picture on a whiteboard, and they just somebody threw it into the script. Yeah, and, like, the design for Katana in this movie looks really cool. Really good. But it's just she's not utilised at all. No, Karen uh, Fukuhara, I think is her name, the, the lady who plays her, she's really good. And so it's very similar to you have all these people who are really good. Like Viola Davis is in this fucking movie. She is like one of the best actresses in the world. Yeah, like this cast by and large is class. Other than Scott Eastwood and Cara Delevingne, but like well. <laughs> take them out. Scott Eastwood, I have, I have a vendetta against. What, what, what's your problem with Scott Eastwood? He's he's just devoid of all charisma. It's very weird. Okay. Never has has somebody been so handsome and yet so nothing. I mean, that's that's you're coming down hard on one side of the line there. Yeah, but I've seen him. I seen him in this, and then I seen him in Fast and Furious. I think it's eight back to back, and like he looks like a movie star. Like you look at him and you think Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth. Like you, you have the looks of those men. You could be big. But then you see him act, and you're kind of like, I forgot you were on screen after two seconds after you your scene ended. Yeah, you're just you're nothing to me. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think Scott Eastwood. I think he he could actually be like one of the biggest movie stars in the world, but he's just he didn't get the father's charisma. Yeah, just he's working against the, himself. <laughs> yeah, look, just be handsome. Just go away and be handsome somewhere else. Just fucking do it. <laughs> so Katana's there she traps the souls of the enemies of Rick Flag. I can only assume with her sword um, now this is where the first helicopter crash happens now Sean it's not often I get to say the first <laughs> of the helicopter crashes but they just walk it off at this, this point just, look everyone has walked away from a helicopter crash and this makes mm. these heroes relatable to us <laughs> I walked off of one last week and I was like, oh, jeez, I think I sprained my ankle, but let's walk off cool, though. Don't look at the explosion. That's the only way to walk off. Exactly. So you have all the... And they all just walk away. No scratch. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no uh, one even comments on it again. No, Nobody even says, wow, that was really lucky we survived that helicopter crash. 
You know, those things that kill people. <laughs> the, the, the helicopter even rolls. It rolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So they were just like, we need them on the ground, but we don't have a way to get them there quick. Look, can we crash the helicopter? David Ayer's like, what? we can. What if that helicopter <laughs> just stopped helicoptering? <laughs> He's done it again. Get that man a budget. Um, so they get on the ground and this is our big first fight scene with oh. what I have here, the blobs. <laughs> yeah, that's the only real word for oh. him because... Oh, sorry. I do apologise. We've missed you the entire... You've skipped a pivotal scene. <laughs> I have... The only reason I missed it is because in my notes I just have love heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, Slipknot... So he was cut down his pride, so we could say. So I actually think this is a good scene for Captain Boomerang and very on brand for Captain Boomerang. And yeah, in that he like weasels his way into figuring out information. So he was like, no, they're not real. They can't kill yeah. us. And so Slipknot then decides, I could go. <laughs> I love the fact that Slipknot's like, I'm better than this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slipknot, there's no world that you're better than those blobs. <laughs> Slipknot takes the moral high ground in this whole ordeal. <laughs> He's like, I've got better things to do. What do you have to do, Slipknot? Nothing. But he says, lads, I have better things to do. And you're telling me these bombs are real. I'm getting out of here. So he goes off and he lasts another four seconds and then his brain explodes. And yeah, should we should we edit in like a 12, 21 gun salute or what's <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a forty-two gun is the way to go for Slipknot. <laughs> just, just, it's like a yeah, the funeral of like a royal army, just like the highest up in any sort of army at all. All colonels yeah. get the same level of respect as. And Slipknot. instead of like folding a flag, they're just like tying Slipknots. <laughs> and obviously, Slipknot is playing as the coffin goes down. Oh yeah, as he wished, as he wrote. As he always wanted. So, so there, to be honest with you, I actually don't know how emotionally any of the characters were able to move on to the next fight scene. Because if that happened to me, if my best friend Slipknot died, I would be <laughs> ravaged with guilt. Ravaged well, shock, with just shock is a gr- powerful thing, Connor. Shock and grief, I think. And I would be, I think, paralysed by said grief. And so the blobs would just get to me. There would be no need. The, yeah, like... The, okay... Can we talk about the blob fight for a second? Uh, yes. It's there's some cool movements from everyone. Deadshot is pretty good, isn't it? He is, but this is like the one time Deadshot gets to be Deadshot, and it's yes. using like wrist mounted pistols at very close range. He's he's using his guns, but he's also like a leader. He like steps up and he just starts taking people out. Yeah, because Deadshot is a, like the leader of the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, yes, he is. Like, I just think he's 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 cooler with trick shots and he's cooler with long range, just as a character. I think. You see, you could do a scene like this with the blobs if he's taking them all out with machine guns. If later on in the film. You have a scene where he's the man uh, who's like on a building forty feet away with a sniper rifle, taking yeah. guys out, or a scene where like somebody's in trouble, or Harley's about to die, and then like somebody, the bad guy gets shot in front of her, and she's like saved 
dramatically she looks over her shoulder and he just like he's 40 yards away making an impossible shot yeah but we don't see that at all no we just see a man who's very good at close range and a machine gun <laughs> shooting we, yeah, we blobs s- we see a man with guns <laughs> <laughs> shooting mud men <laughs> for several minutes yeah um, and you also have Captain Boomerang and he's got those knives oh wait sorry boomerangs boomerangs um, those dual sided knives the dual sided knives that he just like he starts swinging around he doesn't throw one boomerang um, which to be honest with you I think Captain Boomerang's whole thing now correct me if I'm wrong might be throwing boomerangs it's part of his shtick alright it would be to be honest with you it's all his stick is you know what I mean yeah like his gimmick is boomerangs that's why he was created <laughs> he is the captain of them and he because he's a captain he cares about them and so he doesn't want to throw them away. Now, we haven't mentioned him up to this point, but Killer Croc, he's really good in this movie, isn't he? Do you know I forgot he was in? <laughs> Just legit, like legitimately, like, he doesn't really do much. <laughs> yeah. No, he does something at the end. He does something at the end that is parodied yeah. in um, the Lego Batman movie. And yeah, that it guy is. always gets me. I watched um, that the other night. <laughs> Oh man, we should definitely review that as well. Um, so we have we're moving on. We have Deadshot. He's ever taken out all the blobs, and you have the scene where um, it cuts into Harley after the fight, and this is our first of the flashbacks. So we see Joker and Harley coming together, and uh, Joker breaking her out of jail. Or no, this is um, this is the one where he nearly drives over her in the Lamborghini. Yeah. Um, and she's like, "You're really, you really are crazy, my God!" And she's like, "Yes, I am really crazy. I'm a lunatic person." Do you, do you care about their romance at this point? Not at all. This feels like a bad, <laughs> like fan film. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like it just, I get that they needed a break because they just had like the first big fight scene, but. Like, a flashback about Joker and Harley I don't think is the most super interesting thing in a Suicide Squad film. But what about if there was a scene later on where they jump into some milk? It is very milky, isn't it? <laughs> that, that doesn't come yet. That comes later on. Um, that comes. They have the first flashback and then they have the office fight scene where you have her going up in the elevator... And yes. that's the scene from the trailer where she's like fighting off the blob and she like waves at them and then they're all at the top somehow with their guns drawn and she's just like what? Yeah, it's it's a very good scene. <laughs> of course. And then you have the big fight scene in the offices because we didn't have enough blob fight in four minutes ago when we had it in the streets. So they changed the scene a little bit and they have it in the and- office. Yeah, more close quarters. But also, hmm. the streets were still quite close quarters. Yeah, no, more close quarters, which is right in line with what Deadshot wants. True. Um, <laughs> now, speaking of Deadshot, I, I like the Deadshot with the mask. I like when he's wearing the mask. Oh, yeah, I think he's much cooler. Way cooler with the mask. Because he's not Will Smith anymore. He's a supervillain. Yes, and I, I think that Will Smith kind of forgets how famous he is sometimes. Because I, yeah, I suppose... Can- I don't know. He can't just like melt into a role, I don't think. No, not that, I don't no, think no, that's not a slight against him. I just think he's very recognisable as Will Smith. Which is weird, because like, I think he's like... 
as you said, if you have Will Smith, you use Will Smith, which is one line of thinking. But then it also makes us hard to not look at Deadshot and go, oh, that's Will Smith. Yeah, like, I, I, I see the same kind of stuff when I watch, like, anything with Ryan Reynolds in it. I just yeah. see Ryan Reynolds. Um, and so then you have uh, El Diablo he finally uses um, his flames this is his like first big moment where you're just like holy shit El Diablo is like a badass yeah he finally stops whinging about his family and he just uses his goddamn powers I've killed everyone oh no get over it mate right you've just like the helicopter crash we've all had tough days live a little <laughs> live and let die that song is in this somehow this is not in the soundtrack yeah. they had every other song ever made like, and I there's a lot of magic in this world that is just never addressed again how so I mean Diablo controls fire and there's an enchantress lady who can magic things up yes and it's very strange that they introduce all of these characters in the same movie as they introduce Deadshot and Harley Quinn who and Katana well Katana I suppose has the, the sword but like characters who are not in any way based in like mythology or magic and then you yeah. have four or five characters that are all magic now you could I suppose a, a good way that they probably thought of it was kind of throw them all in at once and just play it off as normal but I think that's kind of something you have to wrap up to as well yeah like I always think of magic as a marvel thing because of characters like doctor strange and things like that and it's it's largely kept to its own story until it bleeds into other ones but this one they make it seem like it's just a regular thing i think they thought because superman had already come out then it was fine people could just be magic but superman i i mean i guess yeah but also See, Justice League is much more magic-based as well, really, isn't it? I don't know what Justice League is based on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just we'll thing. get to that. <laughs> we will do a review on that. You know, actually, we were talking, we were like, will we do Justice League or Suicide Squad or whatever? And then we were like, Justice League is just sad. I, I think it'll just be us going, oh, this is poor this- boys. <laughs> could have been so good (laughs) (laughs) Um, so after El Diablo uses his flames you're thinking El Diablo's really cool what we need right now is another flashback to break up these fight seeds so we go back to the big milk and Joker's looking at Harley like jump into this milk with me I love calcium and she's all like okay then and then they jump in and there's like blue and Green or blue and red colour coming from it I don't know how those colours didn't exist before no, don't, neither of them were wearing that red. <laughs> like, Maybe if it, was, if it was green, you could be like, oh, it's coming from his hair. But there's no red. red. No, there isn't. Mm. And, like, the thing about, like, the chemicals that he jumps into in, like, The Killing Joke, it bleaches his skin and turns his hair green. Yes. It, But, like, Margot Robbie looks pretty much the same. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, and that scene is there to just like let us know that Joker loves her because he jumped in after her or something. Yeah, but I feel I like, but but that's contrary to most things we know of the Joker. Yes, that is true. The Joker would have went home and waited for her to like survive on her own. 
the Joker once sent Harley off on a rocket because he realised that he fancied her. Um, he attached her, he, he tied her to a rocket and set fire to it. That That's love. <laughs> that's real love now. <laughs> Johnny Cash said it best. <laughs> it is a, it's a burning thing. So um, you have the flashback with the milk, which, to be honest with you, I remember watching that scene in the cinema like, okay, I think... I think they wanted to do a Harley Quinn Joker movie at the same time as this movie, but I look, we'll get to the editing, but it's just not coherent no. as a story. Yeah, and I think I think they're trying to set up things that will never pay off. It's the Iron Man 2 effect. Like when you try to set up seven different things at once or seven spin-offs, then the main story is lacking. Yeah, it gets messy. Yeah. Um, okay, so then you have uh, Harley getting saved by the Joker. He turns up in the helicopter. They turn off her, her chip in her brain. And then there's the second helicopter crash. <laughs> <laughs> she just... And then she ends up being like... He leaves her there. And she they all, they all walk... Back. Like, this is the most pointless rescue thing ever. Because, like, they're all on top of the building... And she gets saved, and then, yeah. like, five minutes later in the same movie, they all walk out, and Deadshot just, like, looks at her crying in the rain on top of a car. Yeah, and uh, well, Deadshot is told by Amanda Waller to kill her, like, to yeah, kill Harley Quinn. I missed. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't, and she doesn't kill Deadshot? Yes. Which is weird, because that Amanda Waller would kill Deadshot. Yeah, because you've just now informed Deadshot that, no, he's too valuable to kill. <laughs> Which is not the point of the Suicide Squad. No, they're, ex- they're like expendable to the extreme. Like, I think Amanda Waller in the comic books... I mean, obviously comic books are all bullshit, who cares? But... Yeah. I think if you're going off this character being this person who's like, we need this squad who are all expendable, the minute he doesn't shoot on her command, his head gets blown up. Exactly. Like, they, they learn nothing from Slipknot. <laughs> Slipknot literally died in vain. Put, put in another 42 gun salute, we've mentioned the man. I'm saluting right now. Slipknot. Oh, Um, gone too soon. Oh, he's gone too soon. You know what? I I just wanted another 60 seconds. You don't actually... You don't take advantage of the moments you have when you're there. And it's only when he's gone that you realise we didn't have enough time. Enough time to tie knots together. (laughs) So, um, Harley then uh, joins back up with the team in the most pointless thing ever. Joker's like, I'll save you. I won't save you. Yeah, yeah. well, they think the Joker's dead, but the Joker's never dead. No, of course not. Half his face is on fire, it's a whole thing. Um, oh, but then they all go to the bar for the bar scene. Um, and Great this shot from is, the trailers. It's a, it's a good shot from the trailer. Sean, I think there's a lot in this bar scene. Um, you have Diablo's, uh, he tells his whole story. You've got Killer Croc saying one line. That was pretty <laughs> big. Um, that was his moment to shine. It, I, to be honest with you, that really stood out to me. I kind of t- took a step back, said, Oscar? 
Oscar nomination? No. <laughs> Oscar um, no? No. <laughs> just really quickly, no? Okay. Um, and See, then you also have Captain Boomerang's bomb getting disabled, and the minute it gets disabled, he walks out. Yeah, like, this bar scene largely feels like what this movie should have been. Yes. Because, like, that's a really a lot of the interesting part of the Suicide Squad is that everyone is selfish and wants their own thing but they have to get a job done and I think yeah Captain Boomerang's reaction is perfect yeah because he would do that all of them would leave that is the most Captain Boomerang that is the most comic accurate thing in this whole film it's just Captain Boomerang's bomb gets disabled and he says okay cool and without even missing one beat he leaves yeah, you did a report on Captain Boomerang, and he doesn't care about anyone. No, he's a dickhead. And it's working for him, so he's going to keep being <laughs> that. But, like, <laughs> I think, like, Diablo's really the one, I think, that gets everyone, I think, on the same page of just, like, oh, I want to, because like, he feels bad, so he wants to atone, I guess. Yeah. And it's all about, like, love. And he's like, oh, I'm trying to make up for, like, lost loves. And then Deadshot's like, oh, man, I've got a daughter. I love her. Hope she loves me. Better do all the right things. It's all coming together with teams. And family. <laughs> and la familia. So um, I think that when you first seen that with Diablo in the cinemas, do you remember being like, holy shit, that's, like, a big thing to go to? Or, like, I, I, I think at this... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off there. I was going to say, like, I think at this point I was like, oh, I really like Diablo, but I was actually like, Diablo's my favourite person. And then after this, I was like, holy shit, Diablo's kind of a, a a troubled character. But at the same time, he's the, re- the reason why he stands out in this movie is he's the only character that's 3D. Yeah, like, I, that's what I was going to say, is that Diablo might be my favourite character, outside of Slipknot, he might be my favourite character in this 42 movie. 42-gun salute, throw it up. I'm, I'm putting it up to 84. Um, <laughs> it's just going to keep getting bigger. But Diablo is like, he's he's 3D in that, like, he's complicated. Like, he's a bad dude. He's done bad mm. things. But he wasn't, like, he had a family. Like, he loved someone. He had a kid. Like, it's if and now he's trying to be better and he's still dragged into all this like you could do a story about a character like Diablo you could do that on its own but it's just that like is, an aside here that is an anti-hero like he is he is what everyone in this squad should have been now and some of them are just anti-heroes in name only like you know you, you can have a team of Diablo and Boomerang where one guy is just like he's a complete dickhead yeah. And he's just there because there's a bomb in his brain. But everybody else doesn't even get, like, Killer Croc, why is he there? Like, what is his, why does he join the team? Yeah, like, an anti-hero needs to do bad things, but you understand their motivations. Like, yeah, like, like the with Punisher. Diablo. Yeah, like Diablo, like, he blows up his family, but his thing was, I couldn't control it, I just got really mad, and now I can't get mad ever again. That's the, yeah. that's the take. So he's not, he, like, he, he actively, like, takes himself out of situations where he's going to get mad like he's yeah. learned so I don't know I like him in this and I've like and his story's not done yet 
<laughs> I actually have, I do have like a major plot hole with the end. But um, then we have, I mean, Captain Boomerang runs away. And then, would you say 75 seconds later, joins back up with the team? And they go, why are you back here? And he says, I don't know, just just because I can be, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I don't <laughs> It's just like, it, it feels like they didn't really think about it. It's just like, oh no. How do, we'll, you f- we'll- how, how do you follow the scene where Captain Boomerang leaves when the bomb gets disabled and El Diablo's whole backstory gets revealed in like a really interesting bit and follow that up with 10 seconds later going back on half of that? Half of the, You've done like one step forward and then taken three steps back. Yeah, I would like if we never saw Captain Boomerang again. Actually. No, no, he should have fucked straight off. Like, fine, cool. And and fair enough if they caught him again. And like, I would like if in all of the Suicide Squad films, if they make any more, that Boomerang always gets away, and then in the next one is just thrown back in. Yeah, that's actually really good. Like, he, that could be, as you said, he gets he walks away and doesn't come back. And you do the whole rest of the movie and he's not in the final scene. He doesn't even need to be there. And then mm-hmm. the very last shot or one of the very last montages when you're going through where everyone is at the end, you literally see Captain Boomerang in his apartment like eating beans or something and the police are just like raiding in in SWAT teams. And he's like yeah. sitting at the kitchen table like, oh shit, I've been caught again. Like they just come across him and you're kind of just like, oh, he didn't get away fully. Like they got him again. And then you just know that he's going to be back for the second one. Yeah, exactly. And... I like or he could do that he goes away now and then at the end like Enchantress has dead shot by her throat and then all of a sudden she gets hit in the side of the head with a fucking boomerang but sorry that means he has to throw a boomerang I oh I forgot about the laws mm. about throwing boomerangs on See, screen that's that's not gonna work Sean I think he so, needs to throw a boomerang and I don't think he has that in him I don't think he's able <laughs> Imagine he wasn't able to throw things. <laughs> that was his big secret. It's like I, I can't, I can't turn left and I can't throw. That's my two shames. <laughs> um, so you have um, they then come up against Enchantress. She's doing that weird dance. She's doing the classic dance, and she's the got classic a, candy dance. That, the classic candy dance, and Incubus is there. The two classic comic characters, Enchantress <laughs> and Incubus, <laughs> and so she starts putting like mind. Um, I was going to say mind games, but like I don't know, psychic uh, visions into their Might heads. As well be. Uh, look, it's never explained, but she like shows Harley being with the Joker and having a family, and. You see Captain Boomerang back with his wife, and it's just, I don't know, like, I think that made Harley, did you, that make you like Harley more or less, like? I don't think it super affected me. <laughs> no. Like, I, like, like, what got me was, uh, the, again, the Diablo bit, where she shows him back with his family. Yes. And, and he's like, no, this isn't real. Yeah, and he's the one that's like, no, this this isn't real. Because he knows, he's already gone through all the grief. He's like, no, I know what I did. Yeah, this, he, this like, is not he real. knows for certain that this is what happened. Because he's the like, only person who is 3D. <laughs> like, when did Diablo, El Diablo, when did he become the best character in Suicide Squad? <laughs> if At I what told point? you, 
if I had told you five years ago there was going to be a Suicide Squad movie and fair enough Will Smith is going to be in it and you'll be like oh and then, but El Diablo is going to be the best character in it now that's not to say Harley Quinn Margot Robbie and Will Smith Deadshot they're both very good in this movie I think as who they are I think they're two very like very incredibly talented people and so yeah. Margot Robbie is perfectly cast as Harley Quinn and it's the same in Birds of Prey but I think El Diablo as a character is the best character in this. I think so. And I have no problem saying that. Um, the, um, also, so side did- note, uh, in the Joker and Harley Quinn like happy family world, uh, Jared Leto looks like his character in American Psycho. Did you know that the... Um, was it his teeth? They had to redo his teeth or his hair. Um, it was one of them. He had he had dyed his hair. He, he had done something that his makeup. They had to redo everything. So like they had to repaint on half that face. So that's not even his real face. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, you have Diablo. He turns into a big fire monster. Um, yeah. He thinks this is the main thing. I'm gonna have to sacrifice myself for all my best friends. Oh, my best gals and Killer Croc, who yeah. has, <laughs> whose mission is to go with Scott Eastwood and swim underneath the fucking, I don't know, where Enchantress is with a bomb? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it, look. <laughs> look, there's a flood underground and the only yeah. one who can deal with it is Killer Croc the only one. The only and a one. group of Navy SEALs. <laughs> Yeah, the only one. And that, the best way we can describe that scene, which is why we forgot it, is the scene in Lego Batman where it shows him swimming and planting a bomb and then he says the line, Yay, I did something! Yeah, that's, and that's a direct <laughs> response to this film. <laughs> exactly. Because he's done literally nothing for the rest of the movie. So, um, you have Diablo Fire Monster and I have one question about Diablo Fire Monster killing Incubus and I mean it's all a big thing but why doesn't the bob in Diablo's head blow up when he turns into a big fire monster shot because the, the monster still has a neck of course of course now you I know? would assume fire would set off a bob no the fire's on the outside Connor <laughs> okay. so inside he's still like intestines lungs just normal bits Oh yeah, he's still a man, mm. but he's made of fire now on the outside. He looked very unlike a man to me. He looked like a big fire monster. Yeah, it's it's more magic stuff, really, isn't it? <laughs> Just the bomb didn't go off. Look, what can you do? <laughs> Look, um, I like I like that El Diablo buys time. Like he's mm. not he he doesn't expect to win. The um, he's just waiting for Killer Croc to blow everything up. Yeah, because he knows Killer Crocs are ace in the hole. He has got to come to save us. He did something. <laughs> yeah, I did something. <laughs> so, they're fighting Enchantress. Um, what you need when you have Enchantress, who, to be honest, in this movie she comes across, she's very powerful. You need Harley Quinn and a baseball bat and Will Smith with some guns. And I think that's going to really do it. That will set you up for success. <laughs> and Katana with a sword... But not just any sword. <laughs> and, and Rick Flagg is there, which is someone we haven't mentioned once. And that'll tell you how much Rick Flagg is the leader of this team. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the less said about <laughs> Rick Flag in this movie, the better. <laughs> um, and finally, there's a big bomb, and how they stop her is they throw the big bomb up. Uh, someone throws Deadshot a gun. I think it's Harley, and she shoot, and he shoots the bomb, and it all goes off. He throws it into the big perp, the blue portal thing. As yeah. as how you stop all blob armies, you throw a bomb into the big portal. It's well known, but I have. Uh, a major issue with this and that is because you know the way like they throw the bomb in the air yeah would it not have made even one fucking percent more sense if you're going to bring Captain Boomerang back and you're going to put Captain Boomerang in that last scene how the fuck is he not the one throwing the bomb with accuracy his one thing is throwing things. Yeah. He would be the man you would get to throw something into a certain area. Yeah, with with very like a very under pressure accuracy is what's needed. And and you put him in like a situation where he has to like curl it around something. I don't know. Yeah, like I d- I don't know. <laughs> I would and I would be totally fine with boomerang throwing it, missing, and then Killer Croc throwing it. Yeah, like, we're fine with, yeah, Boomerang, um, was he's it, drunk uh, all the time. Yeah, Nick Mason had the line in the Weekly Planet years ago, I remember, uh, another good, very good podcast, but he had the line of, they should have had a scene where Captain Boomerang throws the boomerang, and the other person's like, you missed, and then there's like a few seconds and he's like, did I? And you're like, oh, the boomerang's going to come back. And then all you hear is like a splash and the boomerang <laughs> falls into the water and he's just like, I'm sorry, I'm really drunk right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and maybe they should have had that. Like, boomerang should be an idiot and he should be bad, but he should be like, give me the bomb, I'll make the throw. And even if he doesn't, at least it makes more sense to throw it to the guy who might have some hope. Yeah, like, the guy... Whose whole shtick should have been throwing things. Yeah. Um, and so, June Moon, she comes back, a big bomb goes off, Enchantress dies, but June Moon's still alive somehow. Let's not get into that. Look, the mud um, protected her. Her and Rick Flag share a very romantic moment, and to be honest with you, I thought this is as romantic as every romantic movie ever. About Time? Do you know that movie with Donald Gleeson? Oh, I love About Time. Same level of romance, I think, in this one kiss between a lady who was once dancing and a killer god, and now she's just covered in mud, and Rick Flagg, who we care about really a lot. (laughs) Dude, can we do an episode on About Time? I know it's not our usual thing, but it's just a very good film. Donald Gleeson, what a man. What? Like, oh, that whole thing. You got Bill Nye... (laughs) <laughs> he's the science guy <laughs> um, so you've got June Moon she's back alive we're all delighted about it and then you have you have the big montage where Deadshot goes back to his daughter she's like I love you dad and he's like I saved the world I'm Will Smith I'm real cool um, <laughs> he says that line he says that exact line he might as well and then you have Harley being saved from jail by the Joker that is the last scene which I think now looking at Birds of Prey is hilarious to look back on that they thought we need to end this with Joker saving her. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Joker is not in Birds of Prey, really. <laughs> yeah, makes no sense. Um, so, that is the plot. It has taken us over an hour, Sean, but we really need to get into what has gone wrong with this movie. Because there are some positives, as I've said. We, we don't want to shit on this too much. Um, you have Slipknot. You've got Harley Quinn. 
You've got Deadshot. You've got El Diablo. You've got some good characters, I think, in a very poorly structured story and a very poorly written story. Yeah, I think it's the writing and the editing is where this falls down hardcore. Also, you can't see anything in the final fight because of the smoke. No, you can't. It's all blobs. Um, editing, Sean. We need to talk about the editing. Um, so the story goes behind the scenes. Uh, looking back on this, this is actually so like it's so bad to look back. Apparently, David Ayer had six weeks to write the script and put it into production because That's... DC the DCEU said you have to bring this out in August. So he had six weeks to to write and finalize the script before putting it into production. I mean, that makes sense considering everything we've just talked about. Um, And so then he films the whole movie and they say that his original movie was actually a lot more serious, a lot more, uh, a lot more dark um, and just, I don't know, not even like as full on comedy as this one is. Um, And so they released the first trailer and it was like really eerie. Do you remember that first trailer? Yeah. What was the song they used for it? um, I can't fucking remember. Oh, um, Lord. Okay, you keep talking. I'm going to Google that. Was it um, You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore? Was that yes, the one from the first was. trailer? Yeah, um, that's it. So they released the first trailer and that was like... That was received like, oh, this is pretty cool. But at the same time, like, oh, it's very dark. And Gardens of the Galaxy had just come out like a year prior and that was well loved. And then what really killed it was Batman vs Superman came out. And people said... We don't like how dark the DCEU is. Yeah. Uh, like, because Batman vs. Superman, without getting into it too much, was like a heavy, grim nightmare. Yeah, and I think it's fine to have a heavy, grim movie if your next movie isn't all also heavy and grim. If you're building a universe, they can't all just be heavy and grim. Yeah, like, if you're having an Infinity War... Maybe have an Ant-Man next. <laughs> yeah, maybe just some but one person who's like, this is fucking weird, isn't it? This is really weird. Yeah, So, but like, I don't think this was the way to go with it. And so you had that movie, um, Bam vs Superman came out in the March, and then, then they realised we need comedy. And the Warner Brothers panicked and they said, Suicide Squad, that's where we're going to get all of our comedy in. And David Ayer's like... There isn't really much comedy in this script, lads. I don't know where you're going to get this comedy. They're like, reshoot some scenes. We need yeah, bring this to be back. more. We need this to be more comedic. So they went back and did a load of reshoots. Um, and then the fir- the second trailer came out, which had Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Yeah, and, and this was, was the one that took off. And this was done by a, a company called Trailer Park. Trailer Park Productions, I think it was. Great name. And they edited the the second trailer, and that was the one that got massive. Like people are like, I cannot wait for the Suicide Squad. It is going to be amazing. Yeah, and people are like, this is the going to be the best DC film ever, ever. This is where we're going to come back. Like Batman vs Superman, some people didn't like it, some people liked it, but the Suicide Squad is going to be the one we're universally loved. And. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, it must have been so weird for David Ayer because he knows the movie that he shot and he's like, that's not the vibe we had. Yeah, like you can edit it all you want and you can make the trailer look however you look, but the film is still going to be what it is. 
Exactly. So then there were two separate edits of this film coming down to it. You had the Trailer Park production, which the lads who did the second trailer, Warner Brothers asked them to recut the movie in whatever way they liked. Recut the whole film. So David Ayer did his own edit, as a director would normally do. He sat in on the edit and he edited it the way he seen it. Um, As he was the writer of the film as well, he would probably have the best eye for what he wanted. You would think. You would think. Um, I'm not saying David Ayer is good or bad. I'm just saying, as a director, whatever, whatever he was going for, surely he would be the best man to know. What he wanted in yeah, whatever I don't think scene. That's an unfair thing to say. If if he wrote and directed it and was in the editing process, he'd be the man to ask, "How did you feel? What writing that scene? What did you want it to look like? Or what pace did you want this bit to have?" So he did his own edit. They looked at that. They said, ah, "It's not really that funny, though. Like it's pretty serious." Um. Hmm. We'll get the trailer back production guys. Let's see what they can come up with. And they did their own edit, and then they kind of took David Ayer's edit and then edited around that to make it a bit more fun. And the yeah. finished product is the trailer park edit. Yeah, and it's kind of the worst of both worlds. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not a comedy, and it's also not a serious like actiony movie. It's this weird yeah, it's in between. Funny. No, like and like there are moments. Where it's clearly like, and now a break for jokes. Yeah. But they're just, they're not, like the jokes aren't enough to carry it. And yeah, it's just like, there's there's even like, you could even see it in the start. Like, the very first shot is really dark and like, it's going through those swamplands. But yeah. the very shot, the shot before that was like really colourful DC like purple and green and like really just cool and edgy and then it went straight to dark swamplands going into Bel Rev. Yeah, and the thing is like at least with Birds of Prey they came down on one side of the line in terms of yeah, if you're going to if you're going to be mad for. yeah, like if you're going to be mad go mad and if you're not going to be mad you can't be both like through the whole thing because it just as you said it ends up being neither if you try to do both. Yeah, you're watering each one down so much that you just have a weird fucking cocktail of average movie. Yeah, not to bring it back to the MCU, like, but to be fair, like th- that would be a reference point for a superhero movies in the past five years. Like, that would be like taking Winter Soldier and then taking Thor Ragnarok and trying to cut them into the same thing. It's yeah. like, we'll just take a really cool, bright one, and then we'll take, like, a, a darker one, and we'll just try and mash them together and see how it plays out. Yeah, and, like, you can have the characters exist together, because and just see, like, different takes on the same situation. But the mm. story you're telling, like, the tone there has to match every, like, throughout the whole film. Yeah, um, and so the editing is definitely, I think, what really lets this film down, sadly. Um, and it just, it's a shame because, as we've said, like, I think the cast is really good. It really is, like, but we, we've said this before, that there, there have been things that have had amazing casts, and they had every right to be amazing, but it just hasn't worked out. Mm. Look at Star Wars. But- <laughs> like there are so many movies where you can get the best cast ever but if it's not on the script it doesn't matter how good an actor you are 
if in one scene you're acting in a certain way and in the very next scene you're acting in a completely different way. Michael B. Jordan is in Fanforstic, right? (laughs) That's all you need to know. That's all, like, it doesn't matter how good you are. If the story makes no sense or, not even that it makes no sense, if it doesn't stitch together, like, all you can do is act in the scenes that you're given. Yeah, and outside of that... Don't send condoms to your co-stars. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> I think we should all take that. If any job, whatever you're in, even if you're at home right now, your job is closed or for a minute, and they're saying, take a few weeks off. If, no matter what happens, when you go back, do not send used condoms to any of your workers. Just to anybody you, who works with you. Yeah, that's, that's the advice that we're giving you on this podcast. Plot structure-wise, I think it just is a complete mess. And I think... A bad movie can be fun. Like, there's many bad movies that can be fun, but then there are some bad times watching a movie, which is different. You can have a very fun time watching a bad movie, yeah. but this is one of those movies that's just like, oh man, this is... like, And then you're looking at it like just sadly, because like you have Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, and you're just like, you might as well print money. <laughs> this yeah. is a gold mine. Like it's it's a difference between watching The Room and watching Independence Day Two, <laughs> as we all say. One is so bad it's good, and the other is just unwatchable. Yes, um, and so do you want to finish off on a bit of Jared Leto news, or uh, oh, I think just... we we'll have to. So Jared Leto, I mean, I think this is his best performance ever, and I'm really hoping he's in Suicide Squad too. What if he was? <laughs> and they just didn't announce it. They shouldn't. They just shouldn't. They just shouldn't. They just leave it there. I'm v- and you know what's sad is like after all this time, I'm still looking forward to number two because there's James Gunn and you have a really good cast again. Yeah, exactly. Like the the cast list on that again has every right to be amazing. But and it's not being rushed. This was made during the time where the DCEU were pushing shit out. As I said, six weeks to write and put it into production. I think the fact that James Gunn came on board and he would have said, I'm not going to write this in six weeks. If you want it to be good, give me fucking three months or ten months or whatever. Yeah, and like he's editing that at home at the minute because of, you know... It's the like, thing. So the, the thing that I don't want to say because everyone fucking knows about it already. Yeah. Um, and so I think I mean I think this movie is sad because it's it's one that missed it had a lot of potential and just it kind of missed the mark of it was definitely not what they needed at that time and unfortunately it's probably one of the reasons why the DCEU kind of failed not like I'm saying this is it's movie's fault but it was just a string of Batman vs Superman then this then Justice League and you had Wonder Woman in between but I think the boat had already sailed yeah I think that the, like at a certain point you just it, like I don't know I don't think this movie could have saved it either I don't think it, it all should hinge on this no but I think it would have really helped if this was a fun romp Oh yeah, if this was the blockbuster that they wanted it to be. And it still made money. It still made its money back and more. But what it did was it kind of... After Batman vs Superman, people kind of got up like, oh, this is a good cast, it looks really fun, this might be good crack. And then they went and it wasn't good crack again. And so the next time, Justice League came out and it made very... Justice League, I think, made 
I think, either less money than this or around the same. Which shows that, like, people just lose faith in the fact that they see all these amazing characters in trailers. But if they keep seeing all these amazing characters, and it's only going to take three times where they go to the movie and they're like, this looks really cool in the trailer, and then it's not very good. For the fourth time that they're going to be like, I might not go see that. Yeah, yeah, it's the burnout will happen. Yeah, Um, so I think that's it for this week's Lazarus Pit. I, I hope people enjoyed this. I know it's different than what we usually do on a Monday. But needs must, and I, I think it's a lot better than just saying, oh, and this is pushed back, and this is cancelled, and da-da-da-da-da. And we actually have to announce that next week we're going to be doing a Q&A uh, for yeah. next Movie Mondays. Um, so if you have any questions at all, same basis that we did at Christmas, if you want to send them by Twitter, send them on Facebook, send them to our email, it's all in the description down below, send them on Instagram, yeah, however you want to send them to us, that would be perfect. And it doesn't have to be, like, personal questions or anything like that. It can be as simple as, you know, could Superman punch Slipknot in the face? And <laughs> Who I would win say, the fight between Slipknot they, and Superman? <laughs> yeah, like, what kind of ground are they on? Is there anything to climb? <laughs> Superman can fly. <laughs> like, it wouldn't matter how fast he climbed, Superman would just fly. Oh, but it's endurance, though. <laughs> oh, sorry, yes. It's a mountain climbing competition. And you have to climb. <laughs> you have to climb, Clark. You have to climb. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will be putting out a Q&A next week, which is going to be really good. And if you liked this Lazarus Pit, um, normally we do them in person, we must say, but um, we have two of them that you can get on our Patreon for $5 a month. Um, you get an extra, and there will be one next month as well. Um, we haven't decided what we're going to be doing it on. Um, if you have any suggestions, actually send them in messages as yeah, well. Yeah, send them on to us. That'd be a good one. Um, but, yeah, and I think I think that's it. But uh, also, leave a like on iTunes and uh, a review, please. That would be really helpful. Uh, yeah. Helps with the algorithm, Sean. I'm told it does. I don't know how it mm. actually works, though. <laughs> um <laughs> We also have all of our links and socials are on the description. And just a big thank you again to all our patrons. Uh, Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley and Ryan Evanson. Uh, thank you for your continued support. You're all class. You're all unreal, lads. Unreal. All heroes. <laughs> For hire? No, no. No, no. <laughs> They're gainfully employed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I think that's pretty good. And uh, yeah. all, of our, all of our Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter, that's all in the description. Yeah, hope everyone stays safe. Stay safe, um, stay vigilant, wash your hands, stay inside. Wash your hands, stay inside, uh, don't cough on people, but that's just good don't, advice for life. Don't cough on anyone. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mead. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. 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 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.